Welcome to Social Distance Warriors, a podcast that is about the pandemic and things related to the pandemic. My name is Tom, and today is June 24th in the year 2021, and I am not an expert. I am also not an expert on uh, particularly (laughs) COVID-19. Yes, um, you didn't say your name. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, You can call me Rat. All right. Call me Rat. All right. Um, How's it going? It's going pretty okay. I frantically took notes for things I thought would be interesting to talk about, but now I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if I want to talk about any of them. Have you lost interest? Um, no. I just have difficulty moving conversation oh. into a new into a new topic. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like I gotta gotta acclimate myself to to podcast. And then dig into stuff. All right. Well, we can we can dig into a topic I have. Okay. I had a big we'll day yesterday. How was your big day? What made it big? Well, what made the day big day was I did a – it felt like I was role-playing, but I guess what I actually did was I did a normal work day um, from pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not the first time I had returned to my office, but it is the first time I had gotten up early enough to catch the train, driven to the train station – gotten on the train, gotten into South Station in Boston, walked from South Station to my office, did work for the normal amount of workday hours, and then did the whole thing in reverse. Walked back to the train station, (laughs) took the train back to the train station near my apartment, got in the car, drove back to my apartment. And um, yeah, so that was like a normal workday. It was the first time I had done that in a very long time. Yeah, return of the train. Yeah, well, the train in in many ways has never truly left. It has made its presence (laughs) known because I can hear it from my apartment. But my return to the train, certainly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I guess I made it. Return of the train makes it sound like the train like migrated away and has come back. But really, yeah. Yeah. No. Really, it's the people. Right. Right. And they have they have um they have restored service. I don't know when they did, but probably quite some time ago. Actually, they restored week weekday service to its former levels, and now I think soon they'll be restoring weekend service as well. So. Uh, so the trains are back in town. Trains are back. The boys are back. Yeah. So yeah, th- this was it was exhausting. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna ask how it felt to role play as pre-pandemic uh, Tom, and I guess the answer is exhausting. Yeah, yeah, it was exhausting because I'm not used to doing it, and also because you know it was probably the first, it was one of the first times I had actually gotten like ten thousand steps on my pedometer in a single day because I had had to you know, walk from South Station in Boston to my office, which is, you know, it's a sizable walk. I don't know, maybe half a mile, three quarters of a mile. So yeah, yeah. so it was it was kind of energizing and exhausting at the same time. Like it was like a sudden influx of energy and also a sudden expense of energy, which somehow led me feel, led me to feel more drained at the end of it. Do you see yourself falling back into that kind of routine or is there like other things? Like, does this feel like, this is going to be now your routine or does it feel still like temporary? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I knew it was going to be difficult, which is why I did it (laughs) because I knew it was going to be difficult. So we've been basically given all but confirmation that we're going to be expected to resume working in the office on some kind of normal schedule, possibly not five days a week, but on some kind of normal schedule as of August 9th, which is a month and a half out from now. And, you know, this is something that I had, I have been kind of anxious about because, you know, I feel like we've discussed this, especially on some of the more recent episodes, just the, yeah. the unease of 
integrating back into society, both in terms of like spending time around other human beings, as well as like readjusting to routines that no longer feel like ours um, and that we're no longer adapted for. And, you know, I, I was talking about this with my therapist who, I don't know if I've ever talked about my therapist on this podcast, but my therapist has been out for a very long time on maternity leave. I say a very long time, not actually that long of a time, <laughs> but a few months. Um, I make it sound like it's been an incredibly long time. No, no. She, uh, she went out on maternity leave, I want to say back in like March. So I've had, I've had a couple months without therapy. And so the first, the first session back in therapy, we were talking about this. And one of the ideas we came up with was that I should, since, since I'm anxious about, you know, flipping that switch and going back to normal, I might want to ease myself into it. So I decided that one day a week from here through the return, at least one day a week, I'm going to be doing that. So it did not feel like, oh yeah, this is just my routine now, but I'm going to make it my routine. Yeah, that sounds very practical way of approaching the impending big switch. Yeah, yeah. It was my first time on any kind of public transit since since the pandemic, which is the thing I was most anxious about. But uh, because when I had taken the train prior to the pandemic, it was always very crowded. And as it happened on this journey, it was not that crowded. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there was enough seats for everyone, basically. Whereas normally it's like cramming people into seats and, um, you know, standing room only and people basically um, cramming together like sardines in a tin can. Uh, that's yeah. not the way it is now. But um, I hope, yeah, I hope trains are doing okay because I hear air, air, airplanes like right now are very limited and but overcrowded again, like taking away those kind of like distancing measures. Mm. So I hope trains are doing okay. But it does sound by comparison like we we've established on this podcast that I'm very uh, <laughs> fan of trains, but that at least what you experienced sounds like a more pleasant version of travel than even what you've been doing uh, on a like crowded commuter experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, my worry is that like I don't know how long it's going to stay that way because <laughs> yeah. as more people return to their former lifestyles. Things may get crowded because it's not that it's less crowded because of an increased capacity. It's less crowded because fewer people are doing it now than we're doing it before. Solution, build more trains. I, I agree. I agree. More of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. I guess my topic that I wanted to talk about is me. Uh, <laughs> you. Okay. It's me. Yeah. It's um, a me. So in the past month, essentially, um, I sort of came out as Arthur and Rat to my sister and immediate family and then also Facebook, which is like my friends from random places and, you know, extended family. So um, doing that bit by bit. And one thing I learned is that nobody in my immediate family listens to this podcast, so I can <laughs> say whatever I want. Um, no, I... I, I do I do love my family, but there was the temptation of as I am telling them about 
who I am, um, to say, well, you would have known all this if you'd just been listening to my podcast. Uh, well, okay. So first of all, the, the name Arthur is newly uttered on this podcast. Is that new? Yeah. That's my, yes, like... Yes, it has been brought into the world of this podcast. It is now canonical. Yeah. A canonical element of, of your <laughs> yeah. character on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm retconning. I, I've always been Arthur. But no, um, yeah, Arthur is kind of my, like, formal... Like, Arthur is also my, like, work Sona. It is my more formal kind of name. I wish I had the, like, Jellicle Cats um, <laughs> verse. But, you know, like, you know, everybody has this many names. A cat has, what, three names? Yeah, this yeah. is, like, my sort of everyday name for, you know, it, it's it's more formal. Um, and Rat is kind of my more, you know, nickname fun name that my friends, I like to call me. But, Yeah. Um, so how did you, how did you go at the post office? Was that just your previous name? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was not doing stuff, uh, at the post office, yeah. Well, um, congratulations on kind of <laughs> revealing, revealing your true nature. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and part of that was, um, I had been very nervous, especially to, um, talk to my sister, not for any real reason. She was not someone I was thinking would react badly, but I was it just really I feel like our relationship became a lot closer because we were able to like be siblings and when I then like talked to my parents my sister offered which is now possible with vaccines and everything offered to like come be at the house with me for that conversation which was something I don't know um I had sort of like for a while been imagining well it's me and it's me against like everything, but to have something familiar and to have like support for that conversation was really helpful. And she had some good suggestions and, and has really been, even though this is like new ground for her, she suggested like doing a like naming ceremony with her um, sort of local synagogue type thing. Oh, cool. um, and, and that was also something like I, I, had no idea to even think about but you know it was like a way to kind of mark a change in they call it like life cycle events but yeah that kind of having a ritual around I think helped definitely for my nieces who were like you know they recognize okay yeah when you have like a baby is born you have like a naming ceremony to give them their name and now uh, Arthur just had a naming ceremony so we can call so him Arthur. Just, so you did have that ceremony? So I did I did have that. Yeah, this was all awesome. <laughs> this is all like recap of of what my basically the past month has I've been doing. I, I did want to do all these things before I um, then move out of state. Um, and that also was quickly approaching because, um, yeah, I'm bad at navigating deadlines. But <laughs> in retrospect, it feels very quick, but I really had spaced things out. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, that was that was very nice. And, and yeah, um, another cute thing that my nieces did um, is... They made, um, like, a little card for me um, that Aww. said Arthur, except my niece asked me, Arthur, how do you spell your name? And I had to take a second because I don't <laughs> I didn't know if I knew, but <laughs> we got there eventually. Well, that is, uh, that sounds like all good things, all exciting, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah, thank you. 
it was good. And, and like I said, I had sort of been imagining, I guess the word is catastrophizing, like what is, <laughs> what is how I prepare myself for if this all goes like the absolute worst. Um, and then that wasn't happening. So mm. that, that was very nice. I mean, there's, there's still, um, th- there are things that I know my parents are uncomfortable with, but it's not something I'm asking for their approval with. And that I think is the distinction. I'm not like at a place where it's like I I need and have to have a certain amount of like support from them because I have that other places. So that that's also been good. That yeah, that's a that is a good thing to have. Yeah, any kind of change in one's own life is going to have various different um, you know challenges and 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 require you to think of yourself in a different way. And I think. I don't know. I feel, I feel like that that at least thematically resonates with a lot of the stuff we've been talking about throughout the pandemic. Like I know the notion of like rituals and signifiers has has also been like an important topic too. So yeah. Well, uh, how are you feeling about it now? Are you feeling like you're in a good place going forward? Are you feeling like there's still more of that like coming out to do, like more revelations to be made? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like unfortunately, the nature of like our current society is that I will constantly, like, where I'm at, I will constantly be coming out to especially, like, explaining myself to, to cis people who are not trans, and that is just because of just how gendered our society is, where it, it comes up in so many places that it does not need to be. But I'm feeling like a big shift, um, what was that mental shift of, like, I'm not doing this for approval uh, of cis people, especially, um, no offense to any listeners, but, um, I'm doing it so I can connect with people who are also queer, um, and, you know, do things that I can live and not have, like, sad life where, Anyway, um, I'm, I'm feeling like, in a way, I've done all of the tricky stuff, um, the internal processing. And so now, even though there are, like, uh, whatever processing, that's kind of on other people. And I can, like, kind of be there for that or not be there for that. But it's like, I'm not doing it. I'm very comfortable of where I'm at. So, yeah, that I'm feeling good about. Mm, yeah, that is that is a good thing. Yeah. So I was going to mention, um, because you were talking about, like, rituals way way back at the beginning of when we did this um i remember um you had said like attending the galley doctor who convention was like one of your last kind of markers of like this is a like normal event or social gathering before that became like not possible and i heard that they're they're doing a galley again so i wondered how that coming what you're thinking yeah that's very exciting um so they they took one year off like the olympics i think too yeah much, much like the olympics um equal equal stature yeah well you know it, it is a not quite as large of an institution but it's a very big doctor who institution where they've been doing this convention on an annual basis for like three decades now so the notion of like taking a year off seems seems like it's, it's a little bit of a uh I don't know something to gasp at, but you know we got through it, and they're they're doing it again. Uh, this is Gallifrey One, the Doctor Who convention that's held every year except for 2020 in Los <laughs> Angeles. And among other announcements, they've been kind of slowly rolling out news about it. They announced 
a number of guests a few weeks ago, including a few really exciting ones. I think the most exciting one that they had announced up till now was Sasha Dewan, who plays the Master in the most recent season of Doctor Who. But they also just announced this week, they announced Joe Martin, who plays a previously unknown early incarnation of the Doctor in the most recent season of Doctor Who. So I am very excited to uh, to have that on the horizon, both because like it's it's an exciting event that is like cool things always happen at it. And like these are some examples of the kinds of cool things that that I get stoked about that happened at this event, mm-hmm. but also just like having it there. It feels like a cool thing to have on the horizon because, you know, as you mentioned, like that was like the last social thing I did before the pandemic. And so having it out there as something in February, it kind of feels to me right now, like a bookend almost like that's the beginning and the end of, of the pandemic experience, which may not actually be true because in some ways the pandemic experience feels like it's it's winding down right now or it may ramp back up. So I don't even know what things will be like in <laughs> yeah. in February, but Yeah. In the like narrative version of like this podcast or like if the pandemic were following a set narrative, that would make good sense to like, okay, this is we've we've done it all and now we can set a concrete ending after, you know, a, I guess that would be I don't do time, but that will be the end mark. But yeah, I feel also, yeah, the pandemic has also shattered a lot of like feelings of like there ever will be like a set coming back from this or or end to this. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, what they had been saying before, like a few months ago, what they had said was, you know, we anticipate that mask guidelines will still be in place in February 22, 2022. And um, maybe that's not the case. Like they're on the way out, but they may be on the way back in. Like things there's been some questioning about like are things going to get worse again yeah as the weather gets colder as we go back into like another flu season i don't know but i think regardless of all that they're relatively confident that the event can still happen and so uh, i'm i'm excited that that's something i have to look forward to yeah it it is interesting to yes we say we're not experts i have only passing <laughs> information of the olympics because I don't really follow it, but like there's even sort of like worldwide the idea of, well, are we at a point worldwide where it's a good idea to have like every country come and compete and Japan host it and do they want to, you know, it's like there are ways in which like right now in in my state and part of the country, um, there's like a sense of, okay, things are opening up. COVID rates, they went to like negative. <laughs> My county's like daily tracker. They were like, yesterday we had negative two cases of COVID um, because they like had duplicates that they like c- corrected in the dates data. Uh. So it's like, you know, as opposed to like days when it was in the hundreds, you know, a, a year ago, even probably around this time. But like places worldwide that, you know, don't have like the rich country calculated access to all the vaccines. Yeah, there are places where outbreaks and it is helpful, I guess, to have that world perspective. And then it's like, how does that impact like what I do when I do have those like daily choices? But I feel like, I don't know, it's something I think about when I feel myself like getting too close to like narrativizing Mm. (laughs) um, this experience, like, okay, and now I never have to think about pandemic again. Um, because that's probably not true. And the ripple effects I will always be thinking about because it's shaken so totally my my worldview from uh, before. Mm, Yeah. I wonder if it'll stay shaken. (laughs) 
Like, will, you, will we all drift back to forgetting that it all ever happened, just like on Doctor Who after there's an alien invasion? <laughs> it's possible. Oh, also, I guess, I was going to say the Delta variant sounds like a Doctor Who phrase, but I guess it's just because it's easy to, like, take Greek mm. <laughs> names and make it sound like an alien concept but doesn't it sound like would not be out of place and oh no the delta variant has escaped its enclosure yeah yeah, and like the word word is a uh is like a popular doctor who episode title formula (laughs) yeah yeah the green death or things like that or the time meddler yeah oh this is on doctor who but only a little bit one of the social things um really trying to like keep connections with some of my local friends um who i have from high school who like in person was how we interacted for a lot of our friendship and then obviously not for the past year Mm. and then we can but then i'm moving not to be local anymore so we're having a book club is the end result of that um and we've been meeting at um each other's houses and so the book that we're reading now is h2 wells the time machine and whoever some author that they got to intro that edition of the book and also just like kind of the concept of like a time traveler the time traveler they don't have names in the they're like the time traveler mm. really feels like a like proto doctor type person yeah and so yeah that that's been interesting the book being written like 1895 it was written has so many like pop culture references it's almost like it's just more interesting to read not itself, but to read as like how many echoes are out in pop culture because of its influence. And that's been exciting. The book itself, a little weird, but that's fine. Mm. As part of like a project that I set up, I don't remember whether we discussed this on the show, but I had like a list of movies that I had never seen, but that society kind of expects people to have seen. Oh, we did talk yes. about this because yes. High School Musical was proposed <laughs> and, and uh, vetoed for the last. Wow. But yeah, like I've had that experience watching some of those movies. Like, oh, this is the thing that everything else is referring to. Yeah. And that's, I don't know what, like, the term for that is. My, like, English major, uh, like, the closest I feel is, like, postmodernism. But I'm also, like, a little not sure still what that means. But it's, like, the idea that, like, there is still not, like, one source material that you can expose yourself to every we're just getting like echoes of things and so many things by the time you're reading like what is quote unquote the original you've already been exposed to it and the way that that changes i don't know it, i just think it's interesting because yeah. that's a whole like narrative in itself to read something you've kind of already read yeah i think for a lot of people the simpsons is like a thing that has a lot of cultural references where people are will see like a movie or read a book and they'll be like oh that's what the simpsons was referring to <laughs> but i have never watched the simpsons so so i don't have that there's an episode of the cartoon network show the grim adventures of billy and mandy you ever watch that show see okay that show encouraged the cowardly dog were like just a little too scary too dark for me so i maybe saw a couple episodes and then i would not (laughs) yeah well there's an episode of that which um i don't remember whether i saw it before or after i read this book but the episode is like a beat for beat retelling of the fourth book in the dune series (laughs) which is like a book that like only like really hardcore people read because people respect the first book in that series and they don't tend to respect the sequels. So uh, it's, it's, that's a very strange example of that that just occurred to me. Yeah, but I, I 
find that interesting because now, like, the fourth Dune book has some newer significance just because someone chose to, like, pay it that attention and love, I guess, by parodying it. Mm. So it makes it more important or more, like, valuable now that, you know, it's been elevated by the Billy and Mandy show. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) We had some outstanding action items, didn't we? We did. I have them here. What were they? I don't remember either of them. Okay. Action item. Give a card to somebody, but make it fancy. Oh, I never did that. Move an item of furniture in your home. Oh, I did end up doing that. I just moved my nightstand, but I didn't move very far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I also moved an item of furniture in my home because I've um, continued to pack up my room and rearrange things. So I (laughs) I did that one. I forgot I suggested giving a card to somebody. But I think I know why I did that, um, and it was to remind myself to uh, mail out a birthday card, mm. and and I did do that. So I guess I guess I completed that too, but I forgot. Well, I gave a Father's Day card to my father, and also one to my grandfather. But these were these were not like I don't know if I would call them fancy. Yeah. Oh, the the card my um, niece gave me um, to compliment me on being Arthur. It is fun because her younger sister also gave me a card. But because Rebecca is older, she wanted to make her card special. And so she like saw Sarah give me the card and then like quickly grabbed into like her arts and crafts finished pile and like put a wooden medallion in the envelope as well and then handed it to me which I felt very special receiving uh even though it was not made with me in mind especially but (laughs) it was handed to me nice yeah I do have an action item for next time okay what is it it is to eat a berry eat a berry Mm -hmm. do you have a berry you recommend I believe blueberries are in season right now Mm. and blackberries but I, I don't I don't recommend blackberries. No, if they're not. <laughs> I'm not a very big berry eater, but maybe I'll take the yeah. opportunity to. Yeah. Even even a single berry counts. Where do you get a single berry, though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have, a, I have a controversial action item. Okay, okay. Hold on. Let me pull up the Word document and take out my controversy typing. Put it in the controversial font. Yeah. Um, break, break a law. Action item. Eat a berry, break a law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm not specific about which one. Don't go murder someone and then say that this podcast told you to do it. You're still accountable to be a moral human being. Nothing this podcast could possibly say would make it otherwise. But um, find a law that you don't mind breaking and break it. Okay, that's good. Powerful. <laughs> and then come back and talk about it on next week's episode and incriminate yourself in a court of law. <laughs> Wait, no. Wow, this whole however long we've been doing this has just been a ploy to get people in this next episode to um, confess crimes and... Yeah, it's entrapment. Incriminate themselves. Yes, that's a long con. So shall we uh, Shall we sign off? Yes, we will end this episode as we end every episode by staying distant. And also by going the distance. <laughs> <laughs>